All right, today's simple topic. <laughs> How do you like yourself, right? How do you like yourself? Can you like yourself? And what are the steps to start liking yourself more, right? You know, as someone who suffered from ADHD, dyslexia, um, anxiety, depression, it's been, um, you've always felt, I've always felt my whole life that, you know, something was wrong with me. And because I wasn't, I felt I wasn't good enough, uh, smart enough, good looking enough, tall enough, better body, etc., etc. Um, I don't think I liked myself very much for a while. You know, it's, it's in today's society from the influence that we have from our families, from our environment, from media, uh, from our peers, you know, it's easy to be self-critical, right? Or self-deprecating because we're taught to be that way. You know, it, it seems innocuous enough, but, but if we're unable to talk for one minute about one thing we appreciate in ourselves, how healthy or sustainable can that be? I mean, ask yourself that question right now. You know, do you like yourself? I mean, yes or no? I mean, if you say yes, do you really? Um, and, you know, how genuine, I mean, are your compliments to others? Can you, A, let's say this, can you take a compliment and can you give one? Like genuinely. Um, or let me ask you this. Do you criticize who you are? You know, do you say you should be working out more? You should be working harder when you work out. Um, you know, uh, am I wasting my time? I wasted too much time. I'm too lazy. I hate this picture of me. I'm not talented enough. I'm not likable enough. Oh, that dress looks, does not look good on me. Or that color is awful on me. Those jeans look awful on me. Or those shoes. Oh, that shirt just makes me look too tall, too thin, or too big. You know, I'm an introvert, but you say it in a way that's not um, sincere, in, in, a, in a happy way. I'm extroverted. Or, um, you know, some people might even say, I'm a bully. I've even heard people use the term, I'm a nerd, in a not way about themselves. Like they're saying it like there's, there's this pre preconceived notion of who they are. Um, you know, if we truly want to do our best work, it cannot come from a place of self-judgment, right? Um, it can't come from a place of personal scarcity, from a dark corner <coughs> of low self-esteem. You know, born in a question, am I ever going to be good enough for it, is a tough way to live. It's a tough way to like yourself. I mean, it's going to sound cheesy, but what would happen if we started our next project or our or, or, or next exercise program or weight loss <coughs> um, with a simple question, how can I do it out of love for myself? Right? Like truly just love myself for it. Give myself grace. What if your ultimate measurement for action would be? What if your ultimate measurement for action could be? How does it make me like myself more? Right? If I'm doing this, will I like myself more? You know, to build an attitude out of love for me, <coughs> excuse me, or eating, or drinking, or exercising or resting, um, staying at a job, um, or leaving one, or 
uh, refusing something because you have self-love for yourself. What if it, what if you, you just took the moment and said, you know, I'm exercising because I love myself. I'm not exercising because I think I'm fat or I'm eating healthy because I love myself, not because I'm eating healthy because I think I need to lose a few pounds. You know, there, there is a, there is a channel to the narrative that you have in your head that makes or breaks you. It, either serves your mindset and your subconscious or it doesn't serve you. But it may sound selfish when you do these type of thinking, this type of thinking. But at its core, it might be like like a generous posture towards the world that you can actually have, right? Because we have a choice. We can live in fear or we can have faith, right? Now ask yourself, what is the one untouchable trait that makes you you? Like this is a hard question to answer. And one that was hard for me when I was first asked it because I didn't love myself. So I'm going to ask it again. What is your one untouchable trait that makes you, you? Or like, what's your superpower? You can have more than one. God, I hope you do. But, and and think about what do you do amazingly with that superpower, right? Now, let me explain. I I had a non-superpower, right, for a long time. And to get to our superpowers, we kind of have to deconstruct um, what we would call our non-serving or bad nature traits, right? So I had this big one. And let me, and you probably have never heard it before. It's called, I call it the imposter syndrome. You know, let me explain it like this. Do you ever find yourself feeling like you have no idea what you're doing at your job? That you're a fake? And that any accomplishments people attribute to you are setting up for this false ideal of what you're capable of doing? Or that, you're at a job and you don't have the same degrees or accolades or um, letters behind your name, that you're a fake because you don't have that, you know, that's imposter syndrome, right? You suffer from that. That's a bound nature, non-serving, emotional trait. Someone taught you that, but you have it. Do you ever get worried that someone is going to figure you out, that you're not as competent as people might think you are? That was huge for me, right? You know, the problem is these are huge career limitations. You may be saying right now, well, I'm hugely successful, but how much more successful would you be, right? Because unchecked, it keeps us from applying for better promotions, for applying for better jobs because we don't think we deserve it, Um, uh, submitting to talk at conferences because we don't believe we can talk, or doing anything that really calls attention to ourselves, right? Like, I mean, just the, just the people for the fact that they don't like putting selfies on Facebook because it brings attention to themselves. Like, there's a reason for that. And we need to understand the story behind that. You know, one of my friends, Margaret, I always tell this story that when I started working with her, there was this, this great change in her from the start to the finishes of, of us working together privately where she was on Facebook but no no picture for the first month then the second month she put a cartoon picture up that was a huge step right like that's a that's a that's success and then the last month she actually put her face up there now it wasn't because she was arrogant or um, boastful because she put her picture up there that was strength like no one knows the courage behind that and, and like I tell the story, like I was, and, and, and when I started dating again, like 
I had a female turn me down because I had too many selfies on my Facebook page. Now, if you understood the, why those selfies were there, how hard it was for me to put those selfies on, why they're there, why even taking them would made me uncomfortable, like people would have a different outlook, right? Like if you can understand the person behind it and not judge or have an expectation, then we could all be better, right? And, you know, when it comes to this imposter syndrome, um, you know, we have to define, or I had to define, the source for this inadequacy, this inadequacy I was feeling. You know, um, as I was trying to actively deal with imposter syndrome, I realized that I was comparing, right, comparative, that's a, that's a bound nature emotional trait, myself to other people. I was comparing myself to the hierarchy of my profession, like not the person above me, like the person at the top, right? I was judging myself against them. And there were other guys all around me that were really confident. So I really thought they had their shit together, right? But I would try to mimic their confidence, but I really, but I, I wasn't really feeling it deep down inside me. And I started, started wondering if I belong there, right? But with help, with a coach, with mentoring, um, with doing the work, um, you know, I eventually came to the realization, right? The people we judge ourselves against, you know, if we, we pull down the judging and we stripped to the basic um, people of who they are, those heroes that we look up to, um, the people that we revere the most, that have accomplished the most of what we want to attain, I don't mean this disrespectfully, but they're not that exceptional, right? Or what we make them out to be. They're just people, right? You know, what's different about them? You know, they may make statements with confidence. They own their accomplishments, right? They constantly make reference to the things they worked on in casual conversation. You know, these people have learned to talk about their accomplishments with pride, right? You know, when we look at imposter syndrome and we look at bringing everyone down to this human level, what we need to understand is that everyone is the same. And, you know, I, I like to, to tell the story of The Walking Dead and, and not that because it has zombies in it or anything like that. It's that everyone is with everyone. Right, the CEO is with the lawyer. The lawyer's with the, the gas station attendant. The gas station attendant's with the, the local cop. The local cops with the single mom. The single moms with the grand, the single grandfather. Um, everyone is put into a uh, onto a, a pedestal of one. Right, we we're not judged in this hierarchy of system. And just think about our own hierarchy of system. We judge ourselves based on the area we are in. Right. You're judge, you judge yourself based on the house I live in compared to the next person, the, the yard, um, the cars we drive, the schools our kids go to. Um, we're, always, we're, we're, we're a, a society based on being influenced to judge. Um, and I, I think it all, it all comes down to this, this one thing. You know, how do we self-love, right? How do we like ourselves? How do we do it, right? We, well, I, I, I say it ad nauseum in, these, in the podcast and on my webpage and everything, but we, we need the four pillars, right? We need to build your self-confidence. Like what is that one untouchable trait you have? And let's go from there, 
right? That's understanding your language, right? How do I understand my language? Well, I understand what I'm saying. I understand my bound nature traits. I understand the non-serving emotions I have. I understand where they come from. I understand the story that's behind them. I sit with them and I understand them, right? And then every night I write 10 wins that's surrounded by honoring myself, by, by a, being my authentic self, by um, being authentic to myself in how I like myself. It's, it's almost that simple. Like, what did I do today that made me like myself? I ate healthy because I liked myself. I worked out because I felt good that I did it. it well, I didn't use a negative language around it. So we want to deconstruct the mindset piece around myself with the language and reconstruct it with counting wins, right? You know, one of the things I like to do when we practice the, the application of liking ourselves or, you know, um, having a presence about who you are, it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're five foot two or eight foot. If you walk into Starbucks and you're five foot two and you walk in like you're eight foot, you're eight foot tall. If you walk into Starbucks and you're eight foot and you come in with a presence that you're five foot two, you're gonna be five foot two. You have to walk into the Starbucks like you own the room, even if the room was empty, right? We have to learn from our mistakes. We have to learn from our non-serving emotional states and reactions that we had. We have to stop being so hard on ourselves by being and seeing our true self, right? You know, this is really big. And, and if you can write, if you're a writer and you like to take notes, take this. We have to stop holding ourselves to the ideal of perfection that we wouldn't expect any from anyone else, right? We wouldn't, someone was sat in front of us and was telling yourself of this, they're not holding themselves to this perfect standard. We'd say, you're crazy. You can't, there's no perfection. You can't hold yourself up to that. But here's the thing. We do it to ourselves just as much as we say things to ourselves that we would never let anyone say to ourselves, right? You know, we need to, we need to ignore the insults that are coming at us because we need to understand that that's more of a reflection of how that person views themselves than anything that has to do with us, right? We, we, we are supposed to own our own emotional accountability on how we react to other people. It's not how someone comes at us. It's how we react back at them. You know, like the self-talk is all the same, right? You know, it's, it's the self-talk that we have is, it's those that are under successful um, or those that are super successful, they all have the same guilt. They have shame. They have judgments that they worry about. It's just that their lives are different. They, they may have a job they're really, really good at, but their personal life and their financial life may be a ruin. They may judge themselves against that. Someone may have a great relationship, but not a great job, but they judge themselves against the great job. Like, we are all different, but the, 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 the circumstances surrounding why we're different is just different. Like, no one is exempt, right? Everyone has the pits that we're in. You know, the key is we create this, um, the hierarchy of where we are in our societal life, and we judge ourselves against it. And we were harsh. Like, we expect, we have these expectations we place on ourselves, and we can't live up to them. But we're all in the same boat. You know, we're all together in the same plane. And, you know, we're, we come from a place of judging ourselves on um, social class, money, fame, etc. 
Now, you know, one of the things I, I, I want to just express here is, well, how do I start liking myself, right? How do I start loving myself? Well, the first thing is answer that question. You know, how, how do you, what is the one thing that you do that is your untouchable trait, right? You know, that, that self-love of understanding of what you do well is extremely hard. And it's, it's something that we need to understand because that self-love about ourselves is like the most important success in anything that we're going to do. But it's the thing that everyone talks about, right? And because everyone's talking about it, but the fact is no one's telling us how to do it, right? And, and as, a, as a former people pleaser, this is one of the hardest areas for me to learn. Like, like self-love is like the most important factor in fitness, in business, in health, in relationships, at work. I don't care what it is. It is the most definable lost factor that we don't understand how to fix. People say it's important. Gurus talk about it all the time. People write books about it, but they never give us practical information to apply daily. I mean, how many of you get books, right? How many buy books on how to, um, on how to love ourselves better or be a better person or have a better relationship? We read it. Like we say, yes, that's exactly what we do. We close the book. A week goes by. And then we sit on the couch and we're like, well, what do I do now? Well, I guess I got to go get the next book. I'll listen to the next podcast. I don't know what to do. But... I, I know I want to reconnect with that emotion I felt when I did it, right? And, you know, that's what I do. That's what we do with this, this four-pillar work. The, the, the we can reconnect the bridge of that emotion of what you're feeling, and we, we bring, it to, bring you to the other side to be that person you, know, person you know you want to be, and we help you become that person. You know, 99% of um, this con- the conceptual stuff that is given to us in the mindset world, you know, leaves us feeling that we're broken. You know, that we, we have erred improperly on the side of mindset. So maybe I'll talk, let's talk a little bit about those concepts, right? Like these McNuggets, these, um, the aha thing we're looking for, those positive mems that we read for a instant um, positive feedback in our mindset, you know, let's shine some light on them and show you why they're not, wor- they're not working for us. You know, we, we say, we, someone comes to us and they give us a mem and they said, this, oh, this really inspired me or this one thing worked really well for me. We do it, it doesn't work for us. And then we judge ourselves and we say, why doesn't it work for me? Why did it work for them? You know, some of the private work I do, it, it gets very, in, we get very intimate in, in like the 12 weeks we do stuff. And I get up all in your world for about three months. And um, this one person in particular, you know, was all disorganized um, and disheveled for having a coach, you know, because they were judging themselves on needing help. You know, that's sad, right? That's the sad part we, that we feel guilt or shame for trying to ascend and, and be better. And, and, and that's why we're talking about self-love and, you know, how to like ourselves better, right? How do we achieve it? Because 
the gurus talk about it, but they never t- teach you how to achieve it. But let's give you some actionable, palatable stuff today. You know, it's, it's one of the most important things to love yourself first. Um, because if I don't love myself, how am I supposed to love others properly, right? That's really what it comes down to. If I can't love myself, how can I let love come in appropriately, right? I don't do things for other people to, so they love me. If I love myself, then I can allow them to come in. That's the way we should look at it. If we want to be the best possible person, we need to attract that type of person, that energy, right? We need to amplify ourselves to be the best version of ourselves. And to do that, we need to love ourselves, right? That being said, I want to call, I want to, or call to light or call bullshit on three things, right? That drive me basically crazy in our society. And they're very simple, right? Um, you've heard of one, just do it, right? The next one, just stop it. And the next one, find alignment, you know, and they drive me crazy. And the answer really question is why? Because I was this depressed and anxiety ridden ADHD, dyslexic, broken down person. And everyone would tell me that health professionals would just say, stop it, just get it done. Just do it. You know, you don't have to have those feelings to have a matter of perspective that you don't think I don't want to do that. You don't think I want to get over. I want to get these things done. You know, we, you think I want to do you when you're just ADHD or you're dyslexic and you have these abilities to start and stop constantly, you think I don't want to feel like I'm normal. You know, people were, were never taught, you know, how to do those things. You know, let's take the bad connotation of the words fear, worry, bad. Um, but let's also call grateful, happy, etc. good. Um, let's not define them, right? Because if we strip away all those things, right? All they are is energy, right? Energy and how they affect us. Fear, anxiety, happy, good. They're all just ports of energy. So it's not about stopping the bad. It's about channeling those words, feelings, like into the right lane. You know, we need to learn the tools for self-love. Um, how do we like ourselves better? Uh, we need to apply them consistently. And then when we do that, the energy will shift into the right lane. If someone says, just stop it, it doesn't happen, right? You have to, you have to believe that, right? Inherently. You have to understand that you need those tools, right? You need to understand that you are not alone in this world when you, when someone says, just get over it or just do it, and you can't, or you don't know how, it's because you really don't know how. You need the tools. And that you can't just be a victim and just cry your way to sleep, right? So here's what we're going to do. Let's guide you a little bit so you can use the tools. You know, and I just had a, a conversation around with someone around the just do it mentality. They were like, I got it. I'm going to fight through this. You know, but here's the thing, I can't stand that language. When we feel that we're fighting something, you know, our brain mechanism brings that higher mentality with us. Um, You know, like when you think you're going to be in a fight 
you, you think you might possibly lose that fight, right? So the, there's energy in that thought pattern. You know, you're taking the fight out of the positive energy. So when we use the words fight, we let, we let it go. We let that energy grow. And so I'm sorry. When we use the words fight, we don't let it go, right? We let the energy go of what we're doing. To the degree which, which our mental selves attribute to our physical self is true, right? Stress, worry, fear, anxiety, the misuse of our imagination, our unbalanced mindsets, they all contribute in some way to disease that are causative factors in some cases. I'm not saying all cases, I'm just saying in some cases. You know, and another point, people will tell you to fight and then they will tell you to flow. <laughs> and it's something that we've already talked about, but in the, if, I, if we've talked about force and flow, but if I just tell you to flow, what are you gonna say? How do I flow, right? You know, you know, some other ones. Let go of the negative. Just do it. Well, fucking how do I do it? You know, and that's the point. And, then, and that's the exact crucible I'm talking about. There, there's, there's too much fortune cookie banter in our society. Just do it. Just let it go. But how does that work on a practical level, right? The brain synapses we have are living, breathing things. They're unconscious stories and bias stories we have. They're actually living, breathing concepts in our head. We can't just change on a dime. We can't just let it go. We can't just decide. We can't just do it. We have this path we've woven over years, over months, over weeks. And the simple things of saying those things is easy. But how do we do it? You know, there's some... Spiritualists will say that, but they'll, they'll another they'll say is um, get in alignment. If you can't let it go, let it flow, right? Um, you know, people say that in business that you're not flowing because you're not internally aligned. You know, once you have internal alignment, money will just flow, right? The universe will gift it to you when you have internal alignment, but what does that mean, right? I know what it means. How do you do it? Like, how do you do that? You know, it's dangerous to spill that type of your, um, those type of words, you know, just meditate and do yoga and it will flow. Now, like, it's dangerous. Like, people believe that, but you're just layering on top of things and you're not dealing with the underlying problem. You know, all of our influences... All of our experiences, they contributed to the brain synapses and they're woven into the fabric of who we are. Can we change? Yes. Does it require simplicity and consistency to change? Yes. Does it require breathing exercises and meditation alone? Absolutely not. This is the really powerful point that I want to share. I'm not saying that you don't can't, you, I'm not saying that you don't have to do nothing. I'm not saying alignment is not necessary because it is, but the bigger problem is everybody talks about it and there's alignment over here and this big gap in between, right? So how do I have self-love? How do I get self-love? The very first vehicle to self-love is something what we call um, reconstructing your mindset. It's count your wins. 
And if you get sick of hearing this at nauseum, I understand that, but it means everything, right? It must be understood that the human brain is wired to be negative and we retain, we retain and we remember negativity. We can go through a 24 hour cycle and not notice all the good stuff. Oh, we got lucky. We don't, we don't count that as a win. Oh, or something goes wrong and we remember it right away. Even in the good days, we remember that one email we forget. You know, wins give us perspective. It allows us to see the day for what it is, the more wins more often. If your life goes from um, emotionally tuned out most of the time, which it mostly is or mostly where most people sit, but you then start counting your wins most of the day, even the smallest thing that goes your way and you count it, your entire life will start moving forward. Can you see how your life starts to move in that positive direction when you start changing that narrative? You start finding those little moments that start leading to that big perspective change that lead to that big aha moment. It's not an aha moment every day. It's the one, those small steps that lead us to that. You know, you still have to think about counting your wins, right? You still have to think about them, but sometimes it's easier when it's in real time. So some mornings I start with counting wins because it gets me in the mood. It makes me feel good, right? And that kind of leads me to the second thing that moves us um, forward. So when you count wins on a regular basis, not only do you effectively change the synapses of your brain, you start to recondition that language and the story of your unconscious brain. And that's where the power is, right? So I know it hurts and I know you don't enjoy this aspect of mindset, but if you just stop for five minutes and listen to what you're saying to yourself, you know what you would hear. You're stupid. Oh, I'm getting old. My hair's gray. And you don't say that in a positive light. You're fat. I'm not worthy. You're not lovable. I'm a failure. You'll never succeed. I'll never be rich. Why would anyone pay me? I'm not worth paying. I know that hurts. Here's the thing. That's our language. Those are the things we say to ourselves every day. But here's the crux of it all. You can't out goal set an unsuccessful mindset. How many of you made New Year's resolutions? How many times have you been successful in that? Yeah, it's your language, right? Your language is hostile. You belittle. We're mean to ourselves. I said it in the beginning. You say things to yourself you would never let anyone else say to you because you cannot goal set that mindset and counting the wins starts to reprogram that you can there can be a little turn off of good emotion a little bit here and there but that's what counting wins does right it helps you restore those emotions you know, we might, the, our society may be more, be more numb than we ever realize. Counting wins puts it all back for us, right? Counting your wins, learning your language. Counting your wins is the restructure. Learning your language is the deconstruction. That's the key. We have two others, but those are the two primary keys. You know, you have to keep walking. We have to keep walking through that fire. You know, if we want to be amazing, it's not going to be easy. 
If we think it's easy, you won't be amazing. If you believe you're worth it, you won't give up. If you give up, count your wins, right? Truth is life. And truth is life's going to hurt us. You need to work on loving yourself and life will not be so hurtful.